How y'all doing? You good? I, I am good. Thank you for asking. Very nice of you. Didn't expect that question. Hey, my name is Benji. If I haven't met you, uh, so glad you're here. I get the awesome privilege of serving as one of the pastors here and uh, the whole staff team. We're just thrilled that you would join us today. If you are a regular to New Hope, uh, so good to celebrate Easter with you. If you are someone who's been away for the last couple of years because of the craziness of life and you've chosen today as the day to come back, uh, that is an awesome thing to do. Welcome, great to see you again. If you are a guest, um, man, we are just th so thrilled that you you would spend some time with us today, and we pray that you feel blessed along the way. This is my favorite day of the year, like by far, not because I'm a pastor and a lot of people come to church on Easter. This is my favorite day because Easter is the most unique day in the year. Easter is the most powerful day in the year for those who believe. I mean, think about it. Most religions, most religions embrace a book or a teacher or a prophet or values and that sort of thing. But Christianity, we have all those things, but Christianity is not based upon those things. Christianity is based upon one single event, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. The resurrection of Jesus validated everything he said. Validated everything that the prophet said in the Old Testament. That is why Easter is such a big deal. And listen, I want to go and let you know where I'm going at the end. I've tried to prepare a message that meets everybody where they are. So if you're a believer, man, there's going to be a chance for you to respond. we got a very powerful moment where we can all apply and, and, and do something with this message. But check it out. If you don't know where you are with Christ, I'm going to give an invitation at the end for you to give your life to Jesus Christ. And if you've wandered from God and, and maybe you need to come back home and rededicate your life to Christ, I just want to let you know I am going to give that opportunity. And some of you have already been wondering, what is, what is up with all the stuff on the stage? Listen, we are a culture that is infatuated with new things, right? Like most people in here, you want and you think you need, but you really just want the newest and most trendy thing out there, right? But here's what's crazy. This is a bunch of junk. But there was a day, there was a day when we had to have this kind of stuff. Check it out. You remember this? You'll, you'll see it on the screen. The IBM 5100 portable computer. Get you some of that, right? Looks like a daggum mini fridge or something, right? Look at this. You remember this VCR? VCR, remember those? Like, like when I was a kid, you had to push it in, but then it got a little better where you, it, the door popped up on top. We, we have one of these down here. Now listen, young person, you, you, don't, you don't know anything about this. You're not gonna believe this. I know y'all are the Netflix generation, but check this out. You, you're not gonna believe this. Uh, it, it wasn't that long ago, though we're all aging pretty quickly, but like Netflix, Netflix had a mail subscription. Who else was with me? I used to get three DVDs at a time, baby, sent to me in the mail, right? 
And I'd watch those bad boys and send them back. And then they would come, the next three would come. It was a beautiful thing, actually. Postage paid, baby. It was awesome, <laughs> right? Remember that? How about this one? How about, how about the old brick phone? Oh, back in the day, man, back in the day, that's what we wanted. That was it. Like my family, I was the youngest of three boys and, and my dad's car was an El Camino. Do you remember those? An El Camino is like a truck car combo. It's a car on the front end, but it's got a little truck deal in the back. And uh, we, my three brothers, my two brothers and I, three of us, we'd ride around in the back of the baby blue. Yeah, it was Carolina blue. Baby blue. Go on. Go on with your bad self. We, uh, we, we would ride around in the back of that blue El Camino. I mean, we thought it was a chick magnet. I mean, we, we, we loved it. And I remember my dad, I'll never forget the first time, he pulled out the old brick phone. Dude, I thought he was talking to NASA or something. I didn't know what was going on. So later on, I went in the car and started pretending like I was talking on the brick phone. It's, it's incredible. The things that we're infatuated with, the new things, they get old. I can remember when I was a student pastor, my first ministry position, we used to do worship with this, this projector right here. Remember, we would sing. We, we, I used to have this dude, he, he was a troubled kid, and I had to find something for him to do. So his job was to sit here and put the clear transparencies on here. Remember that? <laughs> and and he, he would, he, he'd get mad at me, and then he, he would mess up the whole song. Right? He, he'd put the wrong ones up there, but you'd sing a, a, a verse or two, and then you'd, you'd put, put the chorus up there. It, 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 was, it was where it was at back in the day. Record players. Remember record players? Oh, my Lord. Now, I know those have kind of started to come back a little bit. I've got a daughter. She lives in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, she, she spins some vinyl right now. We got some albums up here. I'm talking about Pink Floyd and Michael Jackson. Get you some of that. Get you some. That's two extremes, right? But, but, but here's the deal. We love new stuff, right? We love new stuff. But the truth is, please don't miss this. What's new today will be old tomorrow. What's cutting edge now will be out of date soon. That's just the way it is with everything. Come on, think about your first job or maybe a job that you have now if it's a new job. Remember when you, remember when you used to love your job? <laughs> you were so excited. Like you got up early, you, you, the, the, commute, the commute didn't bother you. Like you liked it. Your boss, you thought your boss was awesome. Now you think he's a tyrant, right? right? Remember, you, you, you love that. How about hobbies? How about hobbies, right? Maybe, maybe it was golf. Some of you used to play golf. Some of you still play golf. But golf got kind of old for me after a while, right? Maybe it's golf. Hey, maybe, maybe it was P90X. That took about 15 minutes to get real old. If you know what I'm saying. You remember that one? That was hardcore, man. Uh, maybe it's camping. Camping? Any campers in the house? Like, guys, guys, my, I, we got five kids. Five kids. And when they were along, I mean really young, we, we decided we were going to do some camping. In my pre-Christ days, old teenage days, we used to do, do some camping too. So we decided we were going to do some camping. And I have a boat because I love to fish. Fish is the only, fishing is the only biblical sport, by the way, just so you know. And, and so we're... we're um, not true. We're, we're, we would get all the kids in the boat and we would go to Jordan Lake. Now I want you to picture the scene. It wasn't that big of a boat. Seven of us in a boat with everything you need to camp. A tent. Your sister's laughing too hard. Coleman stove. 
you'd see the Kelly boat coming across Jordan Lake, and it didn't even look like a boat. It was like covered up. It was like one big circle, right? And, and we would go to our favorite island, and then we would unload the boat, and then we would cook and camp and sleep on roots and stuff like that. And it was awesome until it wasn't awesome. And finally, I just concluded one day, riding out across the lake, I'll never forget it. It was a moment of epiphany. I thought to myself, why in the heck are we going out in the woods and acting like we're homeless? <laughs> what is up with that? And we just stopped camping. Like, that's just the way it is, though. Things that, <laughs> that y'all enjoyed that way too much, by the way. Things that are new, they, they get old. Like the old rock and roll band used to sing about the Eagles. What do you do after the thrill is gone? You see, there was a day that you, you knew about things being you and fresh and you loved every bit of it, but there's some area of your life where you know, and if you were honest with yourself, and if you're new around here, we believe in being brutally honest and keeping it real, there's an area or two or three or four where things were new and fresh and awesome and exciting, and then it got old. Like some of you are, some of you know that when you first met your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you, you used to call each other late at night on the phone, and, and you were so in love that you just wanted to listen to them breathe. <laughs> right, right, you, you remember those days? You just sit on phone for hours, man, and just listen to one another breathe. You even said ridiculous stuff like, we will never fight. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And yet it, it gets old and you have to work at it. A husband and a wife were, were going to bed one night. They were in their bedroom and she was, I think, taking off her makeup and he was standing in front of her full length mirror. And he was kind of having some bad times. And so in a moment of vulnerability, he said, you know, babe, I look in this mirror and I just see an old man. I got these wrinkles coming in. My hair's turning gray. I lift up my arms and they used to be tight and they're a little flabby now. And I got this, this dad bod thing going on. I mean, honey, would you, would you just please, would you please, again, in a moment of vulnerability, would you, would you please just tell me something That'll make me feel better about myself. She paused for a moment and in a moment of tenderness, she said, well, honey, your eyesight still works great. <laughs> oh, oh, right? There are things in our lives that just get old. And if you have a few things that feel old, you can get by. But in time, when you start to have things pile up on you that gets old and life just starts to feel like a grind, you have to figure out, what do I do to experience life as it is meant to be? What, what, what do I do? How, how do I experience life and actually experience the thrill of it for the long run? On your way in, you, you got a card. You got a car. Would you, would you take that out? I'm not talking about the one that was on your seat. I'm talking about the one that has a red paper clip on it. I want to tell you a true story as you're, you're finding that. 
a true story about the red paperclip. It's been some time ago, but, but maybe you heard about it. It was about a man by the name of Kyle McDonald. He, he wanted a house, but he couldn't afford it. And so he was just a regular guy from Montreal, and he decided to post a blog. Again, it's a true story. He decided to post a blog. Remember blogs? <laughs> that, was one of the, that was one of those things that was new and fresh, and who blogs anymore, right? He, he posted on his blog that his goal was to take a red paper clip and trade up, trade it in for things along the way until he eventually got his house that he couldn't afford. Sounds far-fetched and unrealistic, but check it out. Over the course of a year, 14 trades, he actually got his house. One red paperclip, he first traded it for simply a novelty pin. Then he got a ceramic doorknob. Then he got a camping stove. He traded the camping stove in for a 1,000-watt generator. He traded the 1,000-watt generator in for a beer keg with a neon sign. Some of you would have stopped right there. <laughs> Check it out. Then he traded that in for a snowmobile, then a trip to Yaka. Then he traded that in for a large van, one recording contract, a one-year rent-free house in Phoenix. Then he traded it in for an afternoon with Alice Cooper. Then he traded it in for a KISS concert. <laughs> then he traded it in for a custom snow globe and a Hollywood movie role. And finally, he traded it in for a house in Kipling. 14 trade-ups until he got his house. It was actually quite remarkable. Now, you may not be trying to trade up to get a house, but come on, let's just be honest today. I was speaking with a brother just the other week who, who shared with me at the festival that he just wasn't feeling quite right. The truth is, most of us, if we were honest with ourselves, would, would admit that there are times, I know I would, where my life feels about as useful as a red paper clip. And the truth is, there's something inside of you that wants to trade up. You, you've tried the new cars. Yes, you have. You've tried the new clothes, the new house, the new spouse, the new outlook, the new religion, and eventually, they all got old. And you find yourself with that perpetual yearning inside of you, that, that God-shaped vacuum inside of you, that that perpetual itch that you just can't seem to scratch enough. I think that's where John chapter 11 really speaks to us today. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to John chapter 11. In John chapter 11, we find two sisters. Two sisters, their names were Mary and Martha. If you're kind of new to the whole Bible thing, don't, don't feel bad, it can be kind of intimidating. There are four biographies about Jesus in the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And in John chapter 11, we read about Mary and Martha and Jesus and Lazarus. And Mary and Martha had a brother, and their brother Lazarus had died. Now, here's what's crazy about it. He had died, and, and Jesus took his time to get there. Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus just kind of 
carried along for two days, didn't even start to make his way on the journey to Mary and Martha after he heard, they sent word. After two days, he starts to head to the situation. It takes him an additional two days to get there. Four days. Now, this is why this is so significant. In Jewish culture in Jesus' day, if a body lay dead for four days, the spirit left them and they were like dead, dead, if you know what I mean. Jesus waits till it's clear that everybody's gonna assume Lazarus is dead, dead, and the spirit of his life is gone. Jesus finally gets there four days in. Their dreams of their brother and their lives was flipped upside down. Jesus shows up and Martha goes out to meet them. If you read the Bible, you know very quickly that the scene is very intense. Martha goes out to meet Jesus and she kind of has a a come to Jesus meeting (laughs) with Jesus, if you can do such a thing. And she gives him an earful and she lets him know she is not happy. Where have you been? You're the only one that could have done something. It's at this point that Jesus told her in chapter 11, verse 25. Why don't you read it out loud with me like it's the word of the Lord on Easter Sunday morning. Those of you online, read it out loud with us wherever you are. Go. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after what? Dying. Everybody say, I am the resurrection. And the life. Listen, anyone who believes in me, Jesus said, even after they die, will live. And check this out. This is what's crazy. About a year later, after saying this, Jesus proved to them. And he proved to them by dying on a cross. Dead. Make no mistake about it. Friday. Saturday. Sunday rolled around and Jesus got up from the dead, the only one to defeat death so that we can be resurrection people. Praise his name. And now, nearly 2,000 years later, we celebrate that today all over this world. You, me, we, we have gathered to celebrate. But I want to point out something. Jesus is not just the resurrection when we die. Christianity is not just pie in the sky, something later. It's why Jesus said, I am the life. I am the life today. Eternity isn't just something that we get when we die and go to heaven. It happens today. Verse 26, come on, you read it so well earlier. Let's read this one. Go, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And then Jesus asked this great question. Do you believe this? And I just wanna let that hang out there for just a moment. Do you believe? Believe this, because when you do, it changes everything. When you do, your sins are forgiven. 
When you do, your eternity is secure so that one day when you die and you will die, hate to break it to you, you will go to a place called heaven forever. And it also impacts life today. Back to Lazarus. Jesus wants to make all things new today. You read the story with me earlier. Look at what verse 39 says. Jesus gets there and he says, roll the stone aside. Jesus told them, but Martha, I love this next part. Martha, the dead man's sister protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Martha's got a little more pushback. I, I think she's still bitter. I, th I think she's still bitter that it took him four days to get there. She's basically saying, Jesus, it's going to stink. And it's going to stink because you were a no-show. You, you left us hanging. Come, 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 come. Have you ever felt like that in life? Be honest. Have you, ever, have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like, like God didn't show up for you? Maybe you feel like God didn't show up when you needed him the most. Maybe you feel like he didn't come through for you in the way that he should. And frankly, if you were completely honest about it, you would just say that stinks. A lot of things stink in life. If you've ever prayed for someone that you love dearly, that God would heal them, only to later stand by their graveside, you know that stinks. Cancer stinks. I hate it with a passion. Can I say that? Can I use that word? Cancer's taken some dear friends of mine. A loveless marriage stinks. Divorce stinks. Loneliness stinks. Isolation stinks. Singleness. Listen, single person, it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. Singleness can be great, and the Bible actually says that. But for some single folks, come on, it stinks. Pain, heartache, addiction. It all stinks. But come on. The ground's level at the foot of the cross. We all find ourselves there at times, do we not? But don't miss this. Just because it stinks doesn't mean that God's not with you and it doesn't mean that God does not love you. Check this out. Go back to verse five. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He what? He loved them. Life was not what they wanted it to be. He did not do what they expected him to do, but he loved them and he loves you. Even when life doesn't work out as you want it to. He loves you and he's in the midst of the mess. This is happening for the glory of God. Verse four, come on, we haven't read it out. We haven't read scripture in, in a moment or two. Go, it is for God's glory. 
so that God's son may be glorified through it. This will change the way you live your life. It is for what? It is for God's glory when things don't work out as we would like them to work out. Listen, we don't see that God is right with us in the midst of our mess. Good Friday teaches us that. If you were here, you know that. Or if, you, if you've been to Good Friday, you know what Good Friday is. Jesus teaches us that even the Son of God had to endure a mess. Yes, yes, yes. And I don't know what that does for you, but I take great comfort in that. I heard someone say once, I'm a mess. Come on, but I'm God's mess. I like that, right? I like that. Hey, just, just real quickly. We talk about doing, just being real honest at this church. We're going to do a series after vision day. Our vision day is May 1. We celebrate our 20th anniversary on May 1 as a church. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. He's been so kind to us. Right after that, we're starting a brand new sermon series. I'm really excited about this one called After Amen. Like, we're going to go there. We're going to talk about how sometimes we pray for things. What happens after amen? Especially when God doesn't do what we want God to do. Really, really excited about that one. But Jesus wants to make things in your life beautiful and new and meaningful. So he called out in a loud voice, verse 43, join me out loud, church. Jesus called in a loud voice, roll back the stone, Lazarus, come out. And look at verse 44. I love this. And the dead man came out, his hands and his feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. I love this next part. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Unwrap him and let him Go, where is it in your life today that you need God, come on, to unwrap you and let you go? It was so unexpected. Like they, they did not expect this. Have you ever had anything unexpected happen in your life? Oh Lord, yes, you have. I'll never forget it. I was, I was 25 or 26 years old and uh, I was a student at Duke University and um, there was this rich, wealthy philanthropist who, uh, who decided that he wanted to give money and he wanted to send 16 people on a Middle East travel seminar. It was called METS, M-E-T-S. And uh, I was fortunate and blessed. I got chosen as one of 16 and we went on a 28-day Middle East travel seminar to the Holy Land. So we, we backtracked for 28 days, we backtracked ancient Israel's footsteps. And we ended going up Mount Sinai at midnight on the back of a camel, yes we did, and got to the top of Mount Sinai at sunrise and had a worship celebration. It was the end of it. And then we all went to the airport. Now 28 days is a long trip. And I just wanna tell you, like I was so done, dude. Stick a fork in me. I am done. I am ready to go back home. And I'm still kind of new in the faith. As you know, I didn't become a Christian until I was 18 years old. And so I'm at the airport and I'm hurling up these ridiculous prayers to God. I'm like, oh God, please don't let me sit beside two large men in, 
in tank tops who want to keep reaching up to adjust the airflow. You know what I mean? There's an image for you, right? I, I was like, oh, God, help me out of the long flight. And, and, and as I was hurling these prayers up, they came across the loudspeaker and they called my name and told me, told me to come up to the counter if I heard them. And so I went up to the counter. I didn't know what was up. I was kind of new to flying, dude. I mean, I'm from Sumter, South Carolina. We don't fly. We fly little paper airplanes, but like we don't fly. And so I'm kind of I'm new to this whole thing. And they come up to there. To, I come up to the counter and they said, uh, Mr. Kelly, we have, we have unfortunately overbooked the flight. Um, would you like to fly first class? <laughs> to which I said, heck yeah. <laughs> and I went up in first class. Like, uh, do you know what they do in first class? <laughs> Guys, they serve you drinks before the plane even takes off. The plane hadn't even taken off and I've drunk about three Diet Cokes. They serve you meals with real utensils. And I'm going, I'm drinking Diet Cokes and I'm eating things, I'm calling for more food. About that time, some snooty people, they looked at me and they gave me the look, you know what I mean? Like, you surely aren't first class, you are coach material, dude. I'm like, forget you, I'll take another Diet Coke. It was awesome, right? Now listen to me. Jesus still does this today. He, he might not bump us up to first class, right? But, but he calls us out of the tombs and he gives us an upgrade. He, we get a trade up with Jesus. He, he calls us to trade in our paper clip, if you will, because he has a far better life for us. And he says to us, come out. Come out. Whatever it is you're struggling with, Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's that litany of things I talked about earlier that stinks in life. Come out of trying to find joy and purpose and meaning in the new, best, trendy thing. Come out and discover that I am the only true joy giver. I am the only true storm soother. I am the only one who can forgive you of your sins. I am the only one who can secure your place in heaven when you die. And I am the only one who can give you true meaning and true purpose and true joy and true hope in this life. So come out. This is what we celebrate today. Jesus was crucified dead and buried. And on the third day, the women came to the tomb. By the way, you've probably heard this before. I've heard it so many times. People say, in Jesus's most difficult times, everybody deserted him. No, they didn't. The women didn't desert him. The women hung close to the tomb. They went to the tomb and an angel said to the women, don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. You know, when you really stop to think about it, every person who is a Christian ultimately has experienced a trade-up. Think about it. They've traded in their sin for forgiveness. 
They've traded in their mere mortality. Not for just hope in eternity, but the promise of eternity. They've traded in living an aimless, purposeless life to living one that is on point and on purpose. It's the ultimate trade-up. And the driving question that I said earlier that I just want to say as I start to wrap up, the question that comes from the Bible, not from me, do you believe this? If you're online, just type that question in. Do you believe this? Because if you do, or if you will, It'll change everything in your life. Most of you know that March 20th of this year, I, I stared death in the face more intimately than I ever have before. And if you know my story, you know that's saying a lot. I, um, I've been driving motorcycles for 37 years you do the math, that means, yes, I was driving them before I was legally licensed to drive them, but (laughs) go figure, right? That's so I was driving, um, my Harley Davidson on a Saturday afternoon, beautiful Saturday afternoon, March 20th, beautiful spring day. I was about an hour and a half into my ride and I was coming back to my house and I was about, I was less than a mile from my house. When a car, I was coming around this steep curve, I know the road well, I was coming around this steep curve and, and a car was coming around opposite direction and I saw as we got closer and closer that this was not gonna be good. And so I started yelling, no, no! And the car kept barreling, it was like an orange Subaru and it crossed over the center line. And when I say it crossed over, it was completely in my lane. And I had to make a split-second decision. And it was either a head-on collision or lay my bike down. So I laid my bike down and went over an embankment and and was laying it down before it finally jackknifed. It finally bottomed out. Here's, Here's a picture of it. It bottomed out and then threw me 25 feet in the air. Now, what do you see right there beyond the bike? I missed the telephone pole by about six inches. I've gone back and I've walked the scene of the accident. There's a cable, you know how telephone poles have cables? There's a cable that comes at an angle off the telephone pole. I flew between the telephone pole and the cable. So many things could have gone wrong. I could have died from the head-on collision if that had happened. I could have died from hitting the telephone pole. I could have been decapitated from the cable. I could be paralyzed for life. I laid on the ground, just quoting Psalm 86, crying, thinking my back was broke. Finally, I crawled back up to the road, and wouldn't you know it, God sent this good Samaritan couple, and they picked me up, and I said, please take me to the emergency room, and here I am in the emergency room. And I share that story. I know some of you have heard about it and some of you have been praying like I've never received so much prayer in all my life. This was, this was March 20th. I stand before you today 
having received a miracle. I had a comminuted, I, I, I had, I still have a comminuted and compressed L3 vertebrae, but I'm being healed. I, every day I'm getting stronger and stronger. And this thing, so many people have sent it to their churches. I'm getting cards and notes from churches praying. I don't even know these churches, they're praying for me. I am standing before you today, a walking testimony to the fact that our God is alive and he still performs miracles. And I've never been, I've never been as grateful for life as I am today. Don't get me wrong. I look forward to dying and going to heaven, but I, I wanna see my kids get married. I wanna see my grandkids. I wanna keep pastoring this church. I think it was Brad Paisley who wrote a country song. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go today. I laid there and I was ready, but I didn't want to go now. But here, here's my point. God is alive. And listen to me. Life is fragile. The fact that you're sitting here today is a gift from God. We all forget that. I forget that. But I've been living, I've been living in such awareness of how precious <gasps> every breath you breathe is a gift from God. And if he chose to not wake you up tomorrow, do you know where you will spend eternity? Do you believe this? And if not, or if you've been wandering away from God in your back and you felt the Spirit of God speaking to you today, not from a mere mortal, but from his word, I wanna give you a chance to put a stake in the ground and believe that today. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? And would you open your hearts? Oh God, you ask us in this biblical text this morning, do you believe this? Father, I pray for every single person within the sound of my voice today those who have gathered here in person, those who are online from anywhere around the world. And if you're here today and you desire to, to declare, I believe that. If you're here today and you, you desire to trade up, to trade your sins in forgiveness, to trade your eternity into a place called heaven with God forever. To trade in what seems like hopelessness for the hope of the gospel. If you desire that today, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Just, just lift it up. Just lift up your hand. Hold them up high for me. Keep them up. I just wanna... I just wanna one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, 
11, 12, hold them up high, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, hold them up high on this side, 21, 22, 23, 24. That's you. Just say, Lord, I believe. Say, Lord, I believe and I receive the gift of salvation in and through your son, Jesus Christ. Come into my life today, oh God. Take over my mind, my heart, my very life. And help me live for you this day and every day until I see you face to face and enter into eternal life. And then just say this, Lord, I am yours and you are mine. Thank you for making me a Christian. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Yeah, come on, church.